What is up, you wonderful, fantastic, beautiful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell, Daily Encouragement. This is Wednesday. This is podcast day, you guys. I'm getting ready to record a podcast. And uh, the reason you guys are not seeing my wonderful, beautiful face today (laughs) is because Sunday, my husband, we were out in the pool and he looked at my eye and there was like a popped blood vessel in it. And then I woke up Monday and it was like way worse. So my left eye looks really bad you guys it's like the blood vessel in it one of them broke so now it's like full blood on one side on the left side so it looks horrendous and i'm not going to subject you guys to that and so um hopefully they say it takes like two weeks for it to uh get better you guys so my left eye it looks really rough and uh you know i was thinking about it and i'm just gonna chat with you guys for a couple minutes to see if anybody on here actually jumps on but uh, do anybody does anybody ever get stressed in their life, you guys? Have any of you ever been stressed to the point of like blood vessels breaking in your eye? <laughs> I happened to me once when I was a teenager, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me on Sunday. You guys, uh, I've just been feeling very stressed, uh, especially financially. I told you guys I had to borrow $1,800 from my son so we could get the property survey done. That was extremely humiliating, um, grateful and humiliating at the same time. And then we have spent way too much money on car parts on the credit card you guys so that's been stressing me out too i've been praying that god would help me sell these books you guys oh it is rough sometimes i'll tell you that right now i've been on social media for a long time i'm gonna say since 2017 been praying that god will make this source of income for me that's why i made the book and uh yeah if you can't find me sue it's on purpose i turned the camera off because I, i just told you guys that uh Sadly, uh, I one of the blood blood vessels in my left eye broke. Have you guys ever had that happen? And so my left eye, it's like completely filled with blood and it looks really creepy. <laughs> my kids have already been giving me a hard time. But uh, like I said, I, my husband, he's like, babe, it's probably stress. And he's right. I've been, I've been stressed out and frustrated and, you know, just waiting on the Lord to see what he's going to do with, you know, everything I'm doing on here and just praying for a, a financial breakthrough for us. You guys, I would love to get my son paid off. I would love to get these stupid credit cards paid off. And so anyway, but, uh, you guys, please just pray for me and pray that, uh, God will help me sell the rest of these books. I've got four left. I haven't sold any since the beginning of the month. Um, I've been holding on to all these books I've had, I think since March, really, I haven't put an order in for a long time. So, um, I would like to get these sold. I'm really hoping and praying that God's going to bring more people to the page. Uh, yeah, see, the doctor can't do anything. It's basically just has to, has to pass. You know, I don't know if you've ever had a, a blood vessel break in your eye, but you know, it, it happens and it just, there's nothing you can, there's nothing they can do about it. It's just time. Anyway, I digress. You guys, I actually want people to listen to my videos. Cause if I rant, go on about this too much, people skip it. Nobody actually pays attention. And I actually want you guys to hear what I have to say because I think it's valuable, but, uh, if you guys can just pray for me, like I said, I'd really appreciate it. Pray for daily encouragement and pray for this commercial that's about to go out. I just showed it to you guys yesterday. This commercial that, you know, was $5,500 that came through, you know, totaled all donations from you guys. It's going to air on TBN Inspire. It has not aired yet. I'm waiting on the schedule. Um, she sent me the commercial yesterday because I get to use it on social media. But uh, it's supposed to reach 150 million people on TBN Inspire. So I'm hoping and praying that it reaches all those people and they all buy a copy of my book. All right. So that would be awesome. You guys So just, you know, pray for that. So let's get into this thing. You guys, I was uh, going through my old notes. Um, I'm still working on revelation revamp for October. That's when I share the biggest insights I've had in my life through the year. But today, as I was going through it, um, I came across some scriptures in Jeremiah 17 
And uh, I want to share it with you guys. This is Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. And I'm going to read it to you guys. And I'm just going to share with some, some of the thoughts that came to my mind. And, uh, you know, like I said, I hope you guys get some value out of this conversation. And if you do, please remember to like and share. And uh, make sure you like and share the page. Or like and follow the page, too. It does help you guys get people out here. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 5. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. And will not be and will not be anxious in the air of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And I also I want to carry on here a little bit because a lot of people use this next verse a lot to justify things that are actually hindering people in the kingdom of heaven. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Semicolon. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I brought that up because everyone seems to use that particular scripture in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked as a means to not pay attention to what's in your heart. Well, what was the point of Jesus Christ coming in the whole, and where does the Holy Spirit live? He chose to live in your heart. So you have to get comfortable with the fact that yes, your heart is wicked, right? And desperate, it's, it's deceitful and desperately wicked, but God also chose to live there at the same time. So how do you reconcile those two things? It's a paradox, right? Two things, opposing things that are true. And so you have to get comfortable with the fact that God chose to live in your heart and that's where he wants to be. And he's going to actually give you truth and light, right? You can't be desperately wicked anymore and deceitful if you have truth. God makes you, God, God transforms you. And if you notice, there's a semicolon there. It says, who can know it? Because of these two dynamics, who can really know your heart? You can't even know your heart and neither can other people because they don't know your thoughts. But God knows your thoughts. So you guys, Christians out in the world, stop using this scripture as a way to keep people out of the place where God lives. God lives in your heart. So stop telling people they can't listen to their heart. That's where the Holy Spirit is. Once he transforms your heart, he literally gives you the desires of your heart. If you guys read that in scripture, all right? He's gonna transform you. He's gonna change you. He's gonna guide and direct you. There's no other place God can govern you from. He's not going to govern you from the outside. He's not going to have other people telling you what to do. You have to get comfortable with the spirit of God being inside of you. You have to learn to identify the thoughts that God has for you, period, because his spirit is in you. That's what a spirit is. A spirit is thoughts, emotions, and will. You have a spirit. God has a Holy Spirit. He has his thoughts, his emotions, and his will, and he chose to give you his thoughts, his emotion, his will within your own being. And sometimes your thoughts, emotions, and will collide with God. That's what it means to walk in the flesh, right? What's the flesh? Flesh is just power in opposition to the spirit. What does that mean? What is power? Power is your ability to affect change. Okay. So sometimes your ability to affect change in your life is not going to be the way that God wants to affect change in your life. And sometimes do you guys know, I just thought about this. Do you know how God influences change in your life? The good that he does for you? What led you to repentance? It says it was God's kindness led you to repentance. So you have to get really comfortable knowing these things about yourself that appear to be absolutely untrue or, you know, it's kind of like we reason. Well, I, I guess God can't do good things for me because of who I am and what I've done. Well, now you're still living in condemnation. And Jesus said he's come to take that away from you. 
right? So this is why you guys should get your hands on my book, Next to Truth, because I'm going to walk you guys through the process of what it is. You can't change something you're not aware of. How do you even know that you're not stuck underneath the curse of condemnation if you can't even identify it? Do you even know what it is? You know? And this is why Christians can't always influence people because they don't understand the dynamics that they speak of. And then they speak of it with such, you know, not, not authority, not like Jesus did, where he actually knew what he was talking about and he communicated in a way where people were like, wow, you, you speak you, like you, you don't speak as the, as the scribes do, right? The scribes and, and the Pharisees, you know, they would talk down on people. And that's how a lot of Christians communicate these days too. You know, it's like, I say it all the time. We have to learn to keep our humanity and our Christianity. You're not gonna, you're not gonna connect with people thinking that you're superior to them. You're not superior to nobody. You've needed the same thing from Christ that you call sinners, but you know, oh, they're unbelievers. Oh, they're sinners. You used to be that person too, right? You were, you were a part of that group that you might condemn. So how are you gonna reach those people that are lost when you condemn those very people? You're not gonna reach them at all. So anyway, I digress, you guys. I just wanted to bring that up there because it's important. And let me turn on the wisdom app really fast because I'm totally took these guys out of the conversation. So we got wisdom on here now. So uh, hopefully you guys, we can, uh, uh oh, what is this right here? That's a new dynamic. Oh, I guess you're supposed to push the live button on here. Alrighty then, you guys bear with me. I gotta get on wisdom here. Who do you trust? All right, so we're gonna continue on, you guys. We're gonna move back up. Um, all right, Wisdom, I hope you guys are uh, hearing me okay. I just totally left you out probably on the first 10 minutes of this conversation, but I'm back now. All right, so um, Jeremiah 17, let's go back over here to cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. All right, so let's talk about that. I asked the Lord a question when I was reading through this. I said, Lord, what does it mean for a man to make, for what to make man his strength? Seriously, what does that mean? Like, how do we make man our strength? You know, curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. That's what it says. So I'm like, how does one make, how does one do that, Lord? So let, let's establish some definitions first really fast. Number one, curse is the man who trusts in man. First of all, what does trust mean? Trust means confident reliance on the integrity, veracity, or justice of another. Okay. I didn't, I don't know. We might get into this or not. Let's, let's, let's check this out really fast, you guys. So I looked up integrity. What's integrity? Uprightness of character. Okay. Honesty. Number two, unimpaired state. Soundness. I like this one the best. Undivided or unbroken state. Completeness. Did you know God's complete? He doesn't have to go through any character development sessions like we do. Okay. Do you guys know that's why we're not always effective at times because of our lack of character? And if that's okay, you want to know why? Because we're ignorant, you guys. We are not 100% on point about everything. And that's what makes us human. We're extremely limited. But God, guess what? He is undivided or unbroken. He's complete. That is a relief to me. Holy moly. <laughs> right? So God has integrity. He's complete. He has veracity. Do you guys know what veracity means? The habitual regard for truth. Are you guys in the habit of looking for truth in the context of your life? What does that mean? What does it mean to look for truth in the context of your life? It means you have the ability to look the facts and the reality. Okay. So, you know, God, ha God has that. God is someone who habitually regard for the truth. Why is that? Because God is truth. If God did not operate in habitual regard for the truth, he'd be going against himself. All right. And God doesn't work against himself. Not like we do. 
Human beings work against themselves all the time, but God doesn't do that. Thank God for that. Right? Okay, and then what was the last thing? Justice. What does this mean? Adherence to truth of fact. And you guys, oh man, I'm going to be doing another video talking about the difference between truth and facts. You know those little fact checkers on here that are giving you guys a hard time? Oh man, we're going to talk about that one day, but we're not going to do it right now. I'm just going to tell you that justice means adherence to truth of fact. All right? So God is going to adhere. Here's the other definition. One of God's attribu attributes by virtue of which he wills equal laws and makes just awards. Okay? Conformity in conduct or practice to the principles of right or positive law. What's positive law? The good ways of doing something. It's like a principle. An established mode of, an established mode of action. Did you know not everything in life is don't do this and don't do that? Did you know there's periods in your life where you have to know the right way to go? How many of you know what you don't want? That's pretty easy, right? But how many of you know, how many of you know the path of where you want to go and what you want to do? That's another conversation. Why do you think Jesus asked people, what do you want? What do you want? And how are you going to get that? God will help you do it. That's why God gives you power, the ability to affect change. But you have to do it in, in submission to his spirit, to his thoughts. And sometimes, like I said, the way he goes about it is not the way you're accustomed to. God's kindness led you to repentance. Are you good at accepting kindness from God? It's very vulnerable and it's very humble. People think that God putting you in a good position is like, you know, they, they shy away from that. But it's actually very humiliating when somebody does something good for you and you believe you don't deserve it. That's true humility. False humility is, oh, I don't deserve that. Right? Walking around with a freaking piece of sackcloth on yourself, right? Spiritually around people. I don't deserve that. Well, there's a lot of things we didn't deserve, but we're not supposed to be walking around, you know, just sitting there talking about that. We're supposed to talk about what God's done in our life, you know? And you guys, believe it or not, did you know that you do possess qualities as a human being? God gave them to you to produce, to grow. You have to own all parts of yourself, not just the parts you judge and condemn. But anyway, so... What, that's what trust is, all right? Trust is a combination of veracity, integrity, and justice, all right? And so God, we have confident reliance on the ver veracity, integrity, or justice of another. So that's part of trusting somebody. It's also consistency too, a person's ability to keep their word. You know how you help, you know how you learn to develop that in your relationship with the Lord? You read God's words and then you put it into practice. If Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, drink, or wear. Seek the kingdom first. It will be given to you. You make that a priority in your life. All right? And you guys, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be days where you are going to worry about your life like I was right on Sunday, stressing myself out to the point of, you know, blood vessel breaking in my eye, stressing out. You guys, I still do it. Definitely. I get in my feelings. Absolutely. I can look at circumstances and start feeling a certain kind of way. And then I have to rewind and go all the way back to the truth of what I know. God's brought me this far. He's helped me. He's got a plan. He's always provided for me. He's never left me or forsake me. He's done amazing things in my life over the last 18 years. I could give a list of, of millions of things God has done. And so I have to constantly remind myself of that, right? So you're not, it's not like you're not going to have those days where, you know, you're feeling discouraged. David did. It says he learned to encourage himself. Sometimes you got to learn how to do that, you guys. You gotta learn to strengthen yourself. That's why we have to grow up as Christians, right? We have to learn to feed ourselves, right? F spiritually, how do we feed ourselves spiritually? We feed ourselves thoughts that are gonna actually serve us and be good for us. You're not always gonna get that from other people. Some, 
you're not even you're not always going to get it from your pastor either. Sometimes he's in a really difficult situation or he's feeling discouraged. And a lot of times pastors won't acknowledge that because they're so worried about the image they have to keep before the people. Right. But, you know, thank God Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was vulnerable. That's what made him different from most leaders in the church back in the day. Right. He talked about, you know, he was like, hey, I'm weary, you know, from, you know, this cup I have to bear this, this cross I have to bear. He's like, hey, guys, pray for me. Right. You know, the Lord wasn't um, hiding the things that he was vulnerable about, you know, and as Christians, we need to do the same thing. You know, the Lord's going to give us the grace and the strength that we need. But, you know, we need to practice that in our relationships with one another, too. You know, like I said, there's a reason why Jesus washed everybody's feet with his disciples. But that's another conversation. I talked to you guys about that, but maybe that'll come up again. All right. So curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. So what's strength? Quality of property, being strong, power. Again, making flesh your strength. What's your strength in life? All right. Again, what gives you the ability to affect change? Either in your own thoughts and ways, or it's going to be in the Lord. It's going to be in God's ways. You know, and so the only way to really start walking in the Lord is to start testing his word in your life and then actually start implementing it, practicing it, thinking about it. You're not going to do it perfect. You're, always, you're not always going to know what it means. There's going to be times where you're going to put God's word into practice one way, and you're going to put yourself in a prison. Have you ever done that with the word of God? You ever believed God and then found yourself in bondage to it? I've done that. I did that a lot in my Christian life. Probably my first almost 10 years of being a Christian. That's a long time. But I didn't give up. You know, you have to be convinced in what you're doing with the Lord and let him redirect you at times and grow and mature. That's what happens with children, right? They apply things one way and then they learn and make decisions. And then sometimes they fall on their face and then they, you know, get back up and say, okay, well, I'm going to try it this way. That's why you need to let people fail. That's why you need to let your kids fail. That's why you need to let yourself fail and, and let people make decisions. People out there, stop trying to micromanage everything for people, especially other adults. You guys ever get around other adults to try to micromanage you and the decisions you need to make because they don't trust your ability to make a decision. I'm actually writing about that right now in another book that I'm putting together. God knows when it'll release. I'm working on it one day a week for like maybe 20 minutes at a time. It might take a couple years like the last one, but I really don't care. Uh, you know, the point is, is there was a time in my life where I didn't uh, really believe in the ability of another person to make decisions for themselves, you know? And that was, that was subconscious. I didn't realize that. It was from the dynamics I grew up in. When you grow up with a bunch of adults that got their heads up their backsides, as a child, you know, you're five years old and you're watching both of your parents, you know, drive themselves into the ground. You know, it's easy to, to start thinking that conclusion. Like, man, people really don't have their crap together. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? But anyway, you know, it's very disempowering in relationships with other people, especially people you don't know. You know, so we have to let people make decisions. You have to let them test their ideas because that's how they're going to learn to think. Aren't I mean, can we all be in agreement? There is a lack of critical thinking these days in this country. I mean, it's pretty obvious with all the things that are going on. And so it's important that we let people think and make decisions, especially our own children. Let them, let you, you're the safety net for them. Let them make decisions, let them think, especially as they become teenagers, you know? That way they can actually start to learn true wisdom because wisdom is knowing the best ends and the best means for accomplishing an end. But if you don't give them the opportunity to develop wisdom in their life because you're insecure as a parent, you know, there's some people out there, some parents that won't let their kids make decisions because they are more worried about how they look as parents than they are about giving their children the, the skills and the tools to make decisions and be confident in themselves and walk in their authority, right? So anyway, let's let's continue to go on here, you guys. So it says, curse is the man who trusts in man makes flesh his strength. So I asked the Lord that question, how does one do that? 
you know, how do we do that, Lord? How do we make man our strength? And how do we like not trusting you? What's, what's that look like? And then, so then I was thinking, you may say, it was so-and-so, he did this. What do I mean by that? Have you ever asked God to answer a prayer in your life? And then God used a human being to do it? And because, you know, the sky didn't crack open with the resources you were looking for, and, you know, you didn't like get it, you know, sent down like the Israelites did with the with the bread or however that worked. You don't see God in that. You only see the people that God is using in your life. So let, let's let's think about this. So you may say it was so and so. So we're talking about who how do we put our strength in other people? How do we put our trust in other people? When you're looking at the people that God is using to provide for you instead of the hand behind the one that provided it. Think about what the Israelites did when they were in the wilderness. And so, oh, if you guys go over here to John 6, we're going to talk about that. So this is what the Israelites did. They were like, oh, I was Moses. Right? I'm going to jump, jump over here to John 6, you guys. I'm in Jeremiah right now, so bear with me. You guys can go back and read that too if you want, you know, and just kind of like get your own insight. If you're reading it, whatever sticks out to you, you know, write it down. Ask questions. This is why, you know, get up early in the morning. Talk to the Lord about his word. You know, ask him what it means. Did you know he'll do that for you? That's exactly what he did for the disciples. You know, if you think about it, the disciples knew the word of God, but he was explaining to them what it meant, right? He's still going to do that for you. That's why he's giving you a spirit. You just have to take enough time to, to sit down and ask the question and pay attention to the thoughts that God's going to bring into your mind in relationship to the questions you're asking him. But if you don't ask, you won't get it, right? A lot of people don't approach the relationship like that with the Lord, because guess what? You know what a lot of people say, especially a lot of like leaders these days, like church leaders. Oh, God doesn't speak. Right? Like we're waiting for this audible voice to speak to us, but it's not an audible voice. You guys, it's a thought. God will come to you in a thought. Can any of you identify thoughts in your head? I'm sure you can. We have thoughts all the time. Now you just have to start taking your thoughts captive and saying, Lord, is this thought from you? Right? Is this from you? And then you, and then you start running with it. Right? And you know, I, I posted another video today that I did about a year ago. You guys, sometimes our thoughts that we have are from our own conditioning right? The strongholds you get put in. I've done a lot of videos about that, talking about how those get formed, you know, your conditioning and all that kind of stuff. Some of those thoughts are coming from you. Some of those thoughts ain't coming from you or from the Lord. They're coming from, you know, the demons out there, the unclean spirits that are, you know, in this world, right? You guys ever have a thought come that have, you're like, where in the world did that come from? Right? So, you know, we have to start identifying the thoughts that God has for us. He will reveal his thoughts to you once you start being consistent and seeking him. Did you know God doesn't just reveal himself to somebody who, you know, only comes around once in a while? Did you know God isn't like most human beings? You know how there's some people out in the world who go out to a club or go somewhere and all of a sudden they end up sleeping with that person the same night and showing themselves to them even though they don't know who they are? Well, guess what? God don't roll like that. God, God is not loose. <laughs> He's not just going to be like, Hey, I'm going to show myself to anybody. No, he gives it time. You have to prove, right? You have to be consistent. You have to prove that you're going to, you're going to, you know, keep God's words. That's so important. You guys, somebody said the show went off. Can anybody still hear me? Cause I don't want to turn this off. If you guys can still hear me, that would be a shame, but, uh, I'm going to just keep it going until somebody else tells me it's off. But, um, yeah, you know, God's consistent. And he's expecting us to, to keep his word. So as you do that, as you keep his words, as you seek him with all your heart, 
he's going to start expounding what you believe about him in the context of whatever you're holding on to, right? So if he says, don't worry about your life, he's going to give you more thoughts about that and what that looks like for you in the context of, what, of your life. He's going to give you insight and understanding. Okay. Hear you loudly and clearly. All right, Melinda. That's what I was thinking. Um, okay, cool. So anyway, you guys, that's really, really important. Um, you have to, you have to be faithful. That's what, that's what Jesus said in John 15, by the way. And I'll probably jump over there too. You know, actually I'll, I'll go over there right now since I'm already talking about it. Cause I don't want to lose track of this. So Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in me just as I have kept my father's commands, commandments and abide in his love. Let me see. I think I'm pretty sure it's this one. Um, but there's, there is a scripture in here where he says, if you keep his words, he's going to show himself to you. I'm pretty sure it was John 15, you guys, but it's that same principle. You have to keep his words. And then as you do that, you prove yourself trustworthy. And then he's actually going to trust you with more. But you have to understand this dynamic and how he operates. All right. Or else you're not going to experience that. Yeah. Just as I kept my father's commands and abide in his love, you know, and abide just means to remain. And that's really, really important too. If I find that the rest of that, you guys, I know it's in here. I'm just overlooking it because my brain's going hundred miles an hour. And I know I've already been on here for 25 minutes. All right. So let's go back over here to John six. So John six verse four. All right. Hold on, you guys. So, okay, you guys remember there was a group of people that the Lord fed and uh, they went to go look for him again. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Isn't that funny? Jesus saying, uh, you didn't come back around because you like saw the signs, but he said, because you had your fill, you had your bread, like physically, right? So then do not labor for food which perishes but for food which endures your eternal everlasting life which the son of man will give you right because god the father has set his seal on him oh man there's a word right there but but for the food which endures your eternal life what's the food that god gives you it's the revelation it's the insight did you know that's the table that god prepares you for you in the presence of your enemies it's the insight that he gives to you the the aha moments that's your table that is the food that god gives you and you're supposed to eat of it Eat his flesh, drink his blood. Why do you have to do that on a daily basis? Eat his flesh. Eat the words he's revealed to you because those are life. Why do you need to drink his blood every day? What does that mean? Accept his forgiveness. Accept his forgiveness to you every single day. When you have come to judge yourself, anybody realize how much they judge themselves for the things that they've done or the decisions that they've made? I've done it. I've done that. I'm like, Lord, you know, like, have I really been like super financially responsible if I've had to like borrow money from my son, even though I know my massive limitations, you guys, me and my husband and my seven kids, we got nine people in our house. We live off of $27 an hour. All right. You guys can imagine 27 bucks an hour. Woo. You may, you may think that's a lot of money, but once you break that down into like a power bill, that's like over 500 bucks a month. I think this month it was like 524. And then you've got, we got a house phone because you know, when we leave our kids here, none of our kids, well, the only one who has a cell phone is my older son. He pays for it. And then my 17 year old son has a cell phone, but he pays for that too. We don't pay for our kids' cell phones. Heck to the no. Okay. So, um, what am I saying? Uh, have you, can you, can you, have you ever judged yourself for decisions that you've had to make or, you know, had these reasonings in your head, especially on the days where you're kind of like, you know, feeling heavy. I've done it. Well, you know what? It talks about Corinthians. It says Paul didn't even judge himself. 
but we're so accustomed to judging right judging circumstances making conclusions have you ever had something happen in your life and then you're praying about it and all of a sudden it was like boom this thing happened there was a breakthrough and it was like wow wow lord uh that's not even a burden anymore but there was a time it was a burden for you right and then you can judge yourself well, was i doing the right thing was i making the right decision you know I, I say it all the time and it's funny because i constantly have to eat my own words you know i was talking to my grandmother about this years ago um you know you ha we have to be in a position where we can realize that every decision we've made, like I know that I've made the best decision I can at the given time in the context at the moment, all right? And sometimes when we make decisions and time goes on and then maybe it's, it seems a little frustrating, we can judge ourselves and it's like, wait a second, did we not make the best decision that we could at the given time? Yeah, right? And so not being so critical of ourselves and judgmental towards ourselves, and, that, and that's going to happen at times. That's why you need to drink Jesus' blood. That's his forgiveness. All right? That's his, his flesh is the word he reveals to you. His forgiveness is the forgiveness he gives to you when you're not living up to the thing he revealed to you. You're not always going to do it, guys. You're not always going to live up to what the Lord revealed to you. But he, does, he knows that. That's why he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Because you know he knows we're human. You know what? He also knows. We don't understand the great plans he has for us. I don't always understand the plans God has for me. Sometimes I can get super narrow-minded. Why is that? Because of my own conditioning and past, my own reference point. I talked to you guys about that just a couple weeks ago. You can get your reference point for life. When you start looking back at your past, like, oh man, it's always gonna be this way. Man, we're always gonna be tight on money. We're always gonna, you know, it's always gonna be like this. You guys ever do that? I do it. Why? Because I'm referencing back to where I came from instead of referencing man god's always been faithful god's provided he has plans to prosper me he's got me on this journey for a reason he's got me talking about this stuff for a reason he's going to give me a reward at some point right my mind doesn't always reference that though but guess what we practice that and that's why we have jesus blood that's why we have jesus blood so for when we are in those seasons and we're not operating that way he's got us covered right it says we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us right what is a sin it's just not it's just not living out the word of god that's the only thing that kept that kicked Adam and Eve out the garden. That's all it was. They didn't keep his word. We don't always keep his word. You're not always going to keep his word. And so you got to get comfortable with even failing before God at times or perceiving you failed, right? You have to be okay with yourself. You have to know he accepts you and he's given you what you need. That is why it's, that's why he put the responsibility on him to make you into the image because you don't always know how to do that. You just have to learn to accept what we need from God, love, grace, truth, and mercy. That's it. If you can't accept those things from him, then uh, you're going to be, oh, you're going to be rough shaped, you guys. But anyway, so I digress. Let's keep going here, you guys. So it says, uh, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to him, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. I just said that pretty much, didn't I? What's the work of God? That you believe in what and what you believe what he says. What's it mean to believe? Accept is true. Have you believed the words that Jesus has given to you and accepted them as true? It is a process of accepting those things as true, right? And letting go of the things that you used to hold on that you thought were true. Did you know everything that you believe is not true? It's you guys, I'm telling you. Do some work in your own life. It's so so important. Okay. So therefore they said to him. What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Now let's back it up a little bit. This same group of people literally just ate from Jesus' hand. He just multiplied food, literally. He just literally multiplied fish and bread, whatever, fed them. And now the same group of people's going to him asking that question, right? Like, what are you gonna do? What sign are you gonna give us? Wait a second. Isn't that funny how we do that sometimes even with the Lord? <laughs> but seriously, you guys, the, the Lord would go, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. They're like, man, we would never want to have to eat again. That'd be awesome. They're completely missing the point. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but of the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So then the Jews complained, I am the bread which came down from heaven, right? Because he said that. And they're like, wait a minute, is this not Jesus, the carpenter, you know, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he says, I have come down from heaven? They're looking at him from a physical standpoint. They're like, nah, bro, he can't be God's son because, like, we know who his family is. You ever have people limit you that way because they know where you came from? They know your mom and dad? I mean, I'm sure I've had, you know, people on here like, oh, yeah, you know, I know where Ashley came from, this or that. She can't really, like, you know, be a person of God because of, like, who she is. Jesus went through it, too. You guys are going to go through it as well. You know, that's why Jesus said a prophet's not welcome in his hometown. People are not always going to see you for who you really are. People didn't even see Jesus for who he was because they were looking at him through the eyes of the flesh. They're like, oh, no, you're so-and-so's kid. Well, you know what? You're God's kid now. Doesn't mean a lot of people are going to accept that, but you are. All right. Jesus said to them, do not mummer among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So the point I wanted to make in all this, you guys, is they did not see the hand behind the bread that was provided to them. All right. They just saw the physical aspect of it. God, please open our eyes to see your hand behind all the good things you do in our life. That we would actually know it was you and not discredit God because we're looking at the hand that gave it to us. They were looking at Jesus like, nah, bro, you can't really be God because, you know, your mother and father, we know. So how is it that your God given us this bread? So that that so help us like not to be blind to God working in our lives because we don't recognize the hand behind the things he's doing in our lives. And so. Um, yeah, Jesus said, your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and are dead. <laughs> and he goes, by the way, my father provided that. Was it not God who used Moses to deliver them? God was behind the actions of Moses. They just saw Moses. They forgot that God was behind that. He was the one that delivered them from the from Egyptians. It wasn't Moses. God just came underneath what God, Moses came under what God said, walked in it, and people were delivered as a result. Did you know that your life will actually become that too if you uh, cooperate with the spirit of God in your life? But I digress. So Jesus says, I'm the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. You guys, I just realized. Oh yeah, the podcast turned off. Uh-oh, this is gonna be interesting. All right, 
It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. All right, but there are some who do not believe. All right, that's what Jesus said, by the way. He goes, the words he says to us, it is the spirit who gives life. Okay, so what is the spirit that gives life? The thoughts. God has to change our perspective in order for us to have life. Sometimes the reason we don't feel like we have life is because of the way that we think and see things. But when you allow God to speak into your life and give you new ways of, of perceiving yourself, him, the world, your situation, insert here, whatever it is that's got you weighed down. All right, that's how he does it, through the spirits and give you life. The flesh profits nothing, right? Again, what's the flesh? Power and opposition to God. You can't do it on your own because you're limited. You don't know everything like God does. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So the words that the Lord speaks to us are spirit and life. And he's the one who gives those things to us by the spirit that is in us. Through, you know, he, we have the Holy Spirit. Not everybody has the Holy Spirit. You have to accept what Jesus Christ did. You have to humble yourself. You have to accept the forgiveness that he gave, right? That he offered, eat his flesh, drink his blood, internalize it, right? Ask him for the spirit. God, I need your spirit in my life. I want to operate in it. Not just my own spirit, not my own thoughts, but yours. All right. So, but there are some who don't believe. So when you don't believe Jesus' words, all right, when you don't believe his words, that he is the truth and the life, then you're operating in your own flesh. All right. You guys are operating in your own flesh. You're operating in your own human nature. So when you look up flesh, it just means carnal. You know what carnal means? Not spiritual. You're, you're a brute. You know what a brute is? Animal lacking rational thinking. You're unintelligent, lewd, unlearned, morally depraved. You cannot distinguish between right and wrong. Immature. So that's all it means to walk in your flesh. All right. You're not spiritual. You're like an animal. You just react. Because you cannot distinguish between right and wrong. All right. Lacking rational thinking. Unintelligent. Why do you think God works in our thoughts so much? Why do you think he tells us to keep our, take our thoughts captive? They're powerful. Oh, your thoughts are governing your life right now. And if you can't discern the thoughts of your life, you can't even discern what God is doing sometimes. Or you might accuse God of things that he's not even involved in. A lot of people do that too. You know, it's funny. It's funny that there are people out there, Christians out there, who, um, blame God for things, but they're not consistent in their relationship with him at all. They're not consistent. They don't seek him every day. They don't pray. They don't talk to him. But then when things happen, here comes accusation. Well, how do you know that your own, your, your own living isn't the fruit of your own thoughts, right? It says, Jesus already said, it is the spirit who gives life. Are you filling your spirit with his spirit? Are you filling your thoughts with his thoughts? That's what's going to give you life. If you're not doing that, you're operating in your flesh. You're operating in your own thinking about your own life and what you should be doing and your own kind of unintelligent self. Why do I say unintelligent? Jesus already said we're unlearned if we're not operating in a spirit, we're operating in the flesh. The words he speaks to you are of spirit and they are life. But if you're not operating in his thoughts, you're not operating in his spirit, you're not going to have life, you know? So be consistent in your relationship with the Lord. Right. And, and if maybe you're not consistent in your relationship with the Lord, maybe you're not consistent in your relationships with other people. Well, that looks like something you need to work on. Right. That looks like an area of growth. So you guys, the biggest point I wanted to make today. All right. Was who do you trust? All right. Who are you confident relying on? Right. Confident reliance on the veracity, integrity and justice of another. Do you believe that God is those things? If not, learn to build your trust muscle with him. God, God knows that you're not going to trust him. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. 
How can you trust God if you don't know him? How can you know him if you don't spend time with him? That totally reminds me of a, a really close friend of mine. She had a revelation about that years ago. And uh, she was like, you know, Lord, why don't you, you know, speak to me or whatever. She's trying to like grow or whatever. And then she just had that thought cross her mind. It's like, you don't spend enough time with me. How can you know me? Right. And so there's this accountability that happens, you know, um, Jesus already said there will be a group of people that he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Are you going to be one of those people? What does it mean for him to know you? Expose yourself. Stop hiding in your shame. Let him, let him take it away. Let God love you. Let him give you mercy. Let him give you truth, right? Let him work in your life and see what he does. You know, build your trust first. If you don't have confidence reliance on him, it's because you don't know him or what you think you know of him isn't right. Sometimes you have to, you know, reevaluate that as well. There are things that you might believe about God that are completely wrong. That is exactly why he came and he addressed the Pharisees and all of those, all those guys. Because what they thought about him was completely off. And so the Lord had to like do a complete revamp on that and say, let me tell you what I mean by demonstrating it. Let me be who I am to you. So that way you can't get it twisted, even though they already did. But hey, whatever. People do that at times. Some people are more concerned about proving how right they are about something than they are about humbling themselves and letting their thoughts be changed. That is why being a Christian is so humbling. It's the most humbling thing you'll ever do in your life. All right. So you guys read Jeremiah 17, check it out. Ask yourself the question, you know, who your trust is in. And it already says you're going to be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Oh my gosh. Isn't that suck? Do you really want to be that person? I like a shrub in the desert. You shall not see when good comes. Did you know God wants to do good in your life? Are you going to be that person? That's not going to see it though, because you know, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. All right, so who do you trust, you guys? So that is all I have for you all today. I hope you guys got some value out of this. Um, be sure to share it. Be sure to follow the page. You guys, if you literally do not hit the like or follow page, you will not get notified when I go live. Now, there also is like a, um, I can't remember where it is on the page. There's like three dots and you can be on there. It'll say, you know, do you want to be notified with all notifications or just some of them? And it's like on default usually. They'll just make you guys, you know, on, on some of the posts. If you guys want to make it all, you literally have to change it. So, you know, I don't know where it's at on my page, but just, you know, go to my page, find the three dots and check out the notifications. I know there's a notification button on there. You guys can turn them on for all. So when I do go live, you guys can join me. Okay. So anyway, you guys, thank you guys for joining me today. Praise God that I accidentally came across your post. This is so good. This hits home to so many of you. Thank you, Diane, for being on here. I really appreciate you guys. Yes. Like, share and comment. Um, if you guys want to get a signed copy of my book, let me drop, drop the link for that really quick. I really want to sell these last four copies, you guys, because I told you, I really want to put another book order in so I can get at least like 20 more and continue to get these out into the world. Super excited that this commercial is finally going to go on TBN. It's going to reach 150 million people, you guys. So I'm praying and hoping that, uh, you know, a lot of people get my book. It changes their life. And, uh, you know, they really come in contact with the Lord in a different way, in such a way that like they're walking in their power, their authority. They know the grace God's given to them. They're, they're free from the, the blame and shame and condemnation and judgment. You know, they're, they're out from underneath all of that, walking in their skills, their talents, their purpose, you know? And so when you guys walk yourselves through this process, it's going to change your life. And I'm telling you right now, this book is not for wussies. It, it requires a lot of self-reflection. And if you have no time or patience for that, 
the book isn't going to do anything for you. I cannot save you. I cannot do anything for you. I can only share my experiences with you and ask you questions. You have to be honest. And that is how God works. God is the spirit of truth. And if you cannot be truthful, then you will not get the insight that you are seeking. So you have to be honest about what you're thinking and believing and be vulnerable with God. And I've provided all the questions for that for you guys. Um, tons of different scenarios in my life through this 93 day devotional that um, will kind of give you guys, you know, you might be able to relate to me in a lot of ways, some insight. There's, you know, there's, you guys don't have it in front of me, but there's so many, so much in there. Like five appendixes, you guys, about, you know, identifying your characters, identifying your values, talking about what wisdom is, digging up your purpose. And so, um, Diane, I just put a link for the book. You can buy it directly for me. Um, I would prefer that because Amazon only gives me $3 a book and I only get paid twice a year from Amazon, January and July. And so I won't get any money from Amazon until uh, July or till January. So I have a link that I created. You buy it directly for me, okay? And then I will go down to the post office and I will send it to you. And so if you guys put your orders in, I'm going into town around like, you know, two o'clock this afternoon, Central Standard Time, you guys, I live out in Tennessee. And then um, I'll mail them off. So I got four left. So use the link or just directly uh, message me. I can send it to you directly too, but look for it in the comments, you guys. I wish I could pin stuff on here, but it won't let me. But there's a, it's for it's through Stripe, okay? And so um, it'll get you guys a signed copy. And in the back of the signed copies, you guys, if you buy them on Amazon, you ain't gonna get this. But the question says, what do you need to become aware of in God to close the gap of the lack that you perceive in your life? That'll change your life if you actually answer the question. I can't answer it for you. I'm just giving you things to provoke you to ask God about these things in your life so you can actually draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. So you guys, thank you for being on here. You guys have an awesome rest of the day. I'll be back on Friday. And uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. Be sure to share and like and, and comment and all that good stuff. You guys help bring more people to the page. All right, love y'all. And I will be back on Friday.